politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots yearning to breathe free again to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for Friday, end of week, kind of an all-around catch-all show, um, but all wrapped around the axle of liberty, that axle, that guardrail that has been ripped off its hinges that was protecting us from tyranny. I'm here to inform you that there is no safety net. There are no guardrails to protect us against tyranny. If you think there that tomorrow we cannot become like Australia, boy, have you not been paying attention. And part of that, as we're going to talk about today, is because the opposition that we have is a controlled opposition. It is managed perfectly by the other side. See, if you had no opposition whatsoever... A real one would fill that vacuum. They have to make sure it doesn't. Hence, all the Teletubbies, the phony Fox News, and phony conservative talkers, some of these like fake opposers of COVID fascism that are really helping the other side. They'll say a couple things against the grain, but that just helps them. So we're sorting that out. Um, and, and as promised, I am getting back to the Liberty Strike Force teams. We have to take back our liberty We have to have one control group, one example of a state that is doing it right on this issue and many other issues, and we're going to try. We're going to try. I do apologize. I know that I promised early on we would have teams in place by January. My goal is to at least have a um, a number of red states in place. Now, look. I do need team leaders. I do need volunteers. The way we're going to do it is I'm going to have one guy take the lead in each state, then get three to five people to help him coordinate that first meeting. I'll give them the names of the you know 60 to 100 people who signed up in the state. You'll call for your first meeting. You'll divide up regional directors. You'll divide up you know um, different task forces working mainly to prepare for the state legislative session, but other things as well, primary elections, whatever is important in your state, very much focused on fighting the the mandates, uh, the COVID mandates, but pushing early treatment. And then again, refugee resettlement, crime, there are, you know, um, uh, critical race theory. There's many other things that we definitely have to fight. Uh, there is no easy way out. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. There is no easy way to create this. I don't have a staff. I don't have anyone. But conaction.network, if you want to sign up for one of the teams, we do have at this point, we have Alabama, uh, West Virginia, South Carolina, all in some form, Florida in some form, um, Iowa, Missouri. Missouri, we have a very good team leader, terrific guy, Andre Ong. Um North Dakota, very good team there, very solid team set up. So if you want to join, make sure to sign up at conaction.network. And we are working on Idaho right now. So we definitely want to get that up. We're working on Michigan. So got a lot of people signed up for Michigan. I know it's not a traditional uh, red state, but, you know, it should flip during a midterm election. We do have uh, a lot of volunteers from there. Our first sponsor today, We the People Holsters. Folks, 
you know, this is a type of thing I would advertise for free anyway. You gotta have a good holster and a good gun belt if you're going to carry, which you should, to protect yourself these days. Nobody is going to save you. Again, there are no guardrails for Ordered Liberty anymore. You have to protect yourself. Starting at just 40 bucks, We The People holsters are custom molded to fit your firearm exactly. Thousands of options inside the waistband, outside the waistband, right-handed, left-handed, pretty much any firearm that you're going to have. They'll have you covered, American-made, um, as well as their cool um, EDC tactical gun belts. You go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Um, you can get your holster and gun belt with a lifetime guarantee. If it doesn't fit, if you don't like it, if you don't like the quality, send it back full refund. Again, wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. You put an offer code CR, you get an extra 10 bucks off. Again, wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. So, you know, when we're talking about the lack of guardrails, okay, lack of guardrails, lack of safety. So yesterday, after that big fight, it's funny, I haven't been focused on this much because it doesn't matter anymore what happens in Washington. But this big fight over the filibuster and the debt ceiling. So Republicans, you know, officially they don't have control of anything at the federal level. But the one thing they do have is the leverage with the filibuster to block what is so-called must-pass legislation. What Democrats feel they must pass, and that's where you could hold ransom. And one of those things is the debt ceiling. So we have almost $30 trillion in debt. We've blown ourselves out insane. And Republicans, we're not going to have a debt ceiling with nothing in it. And then they just folded. Mitch McConnell's like, yeah, indeed, we're going to do it. Folks, it's a fake opposition, and it always has been. And frankly, that's why I don't even care about the debt anymore. It is so bad that there, it's beyond repair. The best thing we can do is, is, again, eventually have our own national divorce and just saddle them with the debt. You could take the debt, you could take the social workers, you could take the remdesivir, you could take the mask, you could take the clot shots. That's the funny thing. We're not even fighting over the same luggage. What they want, we don't want, and what we want, they don't want. So we'll take the ivermectin, you'll take the clot shots, we'll take the police and and border patrol and military and nuclear weapons, and you could take the social workers, and uh, you could have the illegal aliens, you could have the criminals, you could have the Afghan refugees. Isn't that kind of funny? Typically, when you have a divorce, you're fighting over the same luggage, hence all the legal battles. But we're not even fighting over the same luggage, and that's the thing. But then again, we kind of are fighting over the same luggage. Because the luggage that they want, my friends, is you, your body, your property. They don't want to let you go. They're not happy. They're not content to do what they want with their lives. They want your life. Pfizer and Merck and all the masters of the universe, they want control over you. They don't want a control group because in order to control some, you must control all. I know that's a play on words, a pun not intended, by the way, control group. It's actually the opposite. I mean that in a scientific way where you have a state or a group of people that aren't doing what you're doing and you see them thrive, certainly on COVID, but other things as well which is why they need the Republican Party to ensure that the red states really aren't qualitatively that much different than the blue states. And that is our goal. That is what we need to change. But this is where we are with the Republicans. They're all a fake opposition. Some of you might have seen Pierre Corey. Um, You know, he's the 
co-founder of the FLCCC, uh, promoting ivermectin and other early treatments, he put out on Twitter that roughly 200 Republican congressmen have been treated with ivermectin. I could tell you that is a true statement. I could independently vouch for that being true. So they they know exactly what works, okay? Notice that the virus has gotten to a point where it really is very virulent. So when you take, you know, 435 congressmen, and, you know, a lot of them are old, or on the old side, especially for this iteration of the virus, which is getting a lot of middle-aged people, you would expect to see bad outcomes. You had that one guy that allegedly died from Louisiana in his 40s, and really don't know the details, but that was earlier on. Since then, and this iteration, which has knocked down a lot of people, have you heard of a single congressman being hospitalized? I have not. I could tell you there is a Republican congressman who is a doctor and has treated people. Now, the obvious question is, why haven't they all spoken out then? I know you did have the Freedom Caucus meeting with Pierre Corey, and certainly Louis Gohmert wrote his piece at American Greatness that this is genocide and Louis is a great guy. But for the most part, I could tell you there are people that are less uh, hardcore than Louis Gohmert that have been treated. Why aren't they speaking out? Because, again, the Republican Party is a controlled opposition. They're a fake, controlled opposition. What they do is they grab, it's kind of like there's a fire, and, you know, they're setting the fire. We need to go in there and put it out. And suddenly a group of fat rear ends come in front of us and block our way, and they're like, no, 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 uh, we got it. We got it covered. We got it covered. And then, of course, they get in there and pour chemicals rather than water on the fire. And they make it worse. And it's done by design. It is done by design. And I want to give you a couple of good examples of this going on. Um, first, I, j- I just want you guys, I want to play this clip from Peter McCullough. I told you yesterday he gave an hour speech at the APS uh, get-together, their annual convention, and it was it is terrific. You just go on Rumble, Peter McCullough, APS speech. It is just it is the best medical speech of our time. And here's a clip of it towards the end. I'm just going to play about a minute, minute and a half of it where he gets emotional. Take a listen here. Time for clinical judgment. It was the mass casualty situation of the COVID-19 epidemic. It really separated the men from the boys, the women from the girls. It really did. And I have absolutely uh, a supreme confidence that what you have done to help your patients was the right thing. And if you use different drug combinations, I even, I talked to one doctor one day, he goes, well, you can't treat patients. I said, well, what do you tell them? He goes, well, I tell them there's no treatment. I said, do you give them a call the next day to see how they're doing? He goes, no. 
And the term I used, as I said, you know, we're in a crisis of compassion. I bet if we just had a phone call system to call people each day to see how they do, that would reduce mortality. You know why? Because these seniors go home, they're in their houses or apartments, they know their families can't go by, they know they have a potentially you know, fatal illness, and they have their doctors have basically abandoned them, they have nobody to call until that final moment of panic, then they call, then the virus spreads, then they go in the hospital, and many don't make it out. This is wrong. Now, P Peter is a very cerebral guy. He's a very brainy guy. And here he gets, he, you know, he never struck me as a type. He gets emotional. And he just made a simple point about it's not a matter of ivermectin or a drug. It's a matter of treating it like we always do. And you have a doctor that calls. Hey, how are you doing? You know, I try to do it, and I'm not even a doctor, but I've kind of taken on cases to be the middleman to help. And, you know, I, I fortunately, I know enough about it being around so many experts now to ask people the right questions. And, you know, people I don't know or someone I very tenuously know sends me someone that I do know, that, that I definitely don't know. And I'll, I'll try to follow up, man, like, how's that guy doing? I heard, you know, he's, he was, his blood oxygen level was dropping. How did it work out? How did it work out? What do you need at this point? Peter McCullough is, in many respects, the top cardiologist in the world. And he's so busy leading the fight politically, but he still is to this day, and certainly initially last year, was treating patients. You know, the top guy, and you know, like all these guys, they all have a healthy ego. But that's what he does. He follows up on patients. This is what has been missing. This is what has been missing. While that seeps into your brain, we prepare for the next segment. So the next segment is sponsored by Raycon. Um, what if you were able to get the best quality earbuds, best quality sound, but not for the top of the line price? That is Raycon. They're the only um, good brand name that is affordable uh, the bottom line is you got to get off the screen. I mean, I'm probably going to be disabled one day from being on the screen all day, and God knows what that's going to do to all of us, and big tech probably wanted that. But, you know, you got to get your vitamin D, go outside, put in the earbuds rather than, you know, going on a screen, listen to your favorite podcast, listen to CR Podcast, listen to Steve Dace, um, and, and listen to music. So Raycon, they provide very powerful, crisp beats for music, premium audio brands. Um, they look great. They feel great. And my ears, they're like the only earbuds that actually fit my ears. I wish I got like the Raycon version for my, my TV interviews uh, because they always just get pulled out of my ear. And you, they, they go wherever you go. 24-hour battery life portability is just truly great. They're offering 15% off all of their products for my listeners. Um, here's what you got to do. Go to buyraycon.com slash CR. Again, get your 15% off. Grab a pair. Grab a spare. You know, Christmas season's coming up. It makes a great uh, gift. Again, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash conservative. <laughs> buyraycon.com slash conservative. So, again, just thinking about Peter's speech – I want you guys to think about this when we're trying to game out what is really going on 
behind the creation of the virus, the creation of the shots, and the creation now of Molnipirvenir, this Merck drug that they're really very excited about. You know, what is behind that? Do we have a feel of what is behind that? And when you want to game out, man, maybe I don't think they could be so genocidal, or I don't think if, if even if they were, they could get away with something that could cause autoimmune diseases and cancers and God knows what. Just open your eyes to what I think you all know now on the early treatment side. What we already know they did is worse than what we're alleging they're doing with the vaccines. Okay, I mean, just think about what they're doing by not treating this with the remdesivir, what they're doing in the hospitals. So it's not any big jump to suggest that they just approved this all. There were no guardrails. We're going to have someone on next week who's an expert at drug development, was part of these internal safety boards, meaning not from the FDA, but within these companies. The, they, they, what they do is they have um, kind of like mock trials, you know, where you'll have uh, or, or like a debate partner to prepare you for a debate. So to prepare you for the FDA, you know, they'll have a team within the company that will grill you. Your data sucks. You're going to get taken apart by this. Where's the safety? Where's it right? And, and that's what they do. None of this was done. And it's in the trials. If you know how to read the trial protocols, it's there. All of the guardrails were ripped, ripped off the hinges. There's nothing there. We don't even know. We don't even know that all the vials are standard. How do we know who's getting a placebo? How do we know who's getting different materials? We're going to talk about that a little bit more with a special guest next week about that quality control. Because one of the things that always bothered me is we don't know long-term, but short-term, if the mechanisms of action work the way we understand them to work, why isn't everyone getting down by this? It's kind of weird. Like, it's way too many people, but you'll have families and circles where Nobody they know has problems, and that will color their view. Like, look, I got it. It's fine. No problems. Then you'll have a lot of people where tons of people in a family had a problem. And then you'll have the people that dropped dead the next day. It almost appears that people are getting different versions of it. I don't know. I don't know, but I just feel in general, whatever I have given over to you the last six months or so, I am seriously underselling the severity of this. But I don't like definitively jumping on something until I'm sure of it. But, th but, but that's the broader issue. What we are sure of is that the guardrails are off. And we know that, that they're genocidal already from the early treatment problem. So what, you couldn't have believed that they would poison us with this? I could totally believe it now. I wouldn't have believed it before. There are no guardrails. Now, I talked about this fake opposition, straw man opposition. There's this guy, Marty Macri, who's been... He, he's from Johns Hopkins, and he is one of, one of the few people that's on Fox News and writing for the Wall Street Journal. 
that's pushing back against the official narrative, but only in a very narrow way. So, like, he's not pushing any of the whole narrative in the genocide with the early treatments of remdesivir, not pushing back against the vaccines. He'll just say kids shouldn't be masked and natural immunity. Very interesting. And okay, it's beneficial. Have a guy from Johns Hopkins that we could cite. But have you ever thought, like, if the guy really does damage their narrative, would they really have that? We have a lot of pre prestigious people, but they've all been canned. Like Peter McCullough had prestigious positions, and he's been chucked from all of them. Marty Macri has not. Why am I saying this? I have no beef against Marty Macri, but he's out there with a piece in the Wall Street Journal praising Maul Prevernier. Oh my God, this is so amazing. Could you believe it? How is it that we don't have this as compassionate treatment? Why are we even waiting? We should have the right to try. The right to try these people dying in the hospital. He says what we say. and, and But like, hey, Marty, like, welcome to the party. But we've been doing this for 18 months with, with other stuff. And Ivermectin certainly in the lead of that. How come you haven't been pushing that? that has the safety profile, that that literally has been known to turn people around, that there are testimonials that people in the flesh could talk about it. I could personally talk about stories. This has never done anything. But worse than that, before we get to the safety, and, and I want to get to the big news of the day from the Reuters article out of India with Malpravirnir, but just on the efficacy side, even Merck, even Merck, says it's, in the, it's the first five days. Nobody is suggesting it will turn someone around as compassionate. Compassionate treatment is like what we say <coughs> with stage four, stage five cancer, right? That, you know, just the right to try. That Even Merck doesn't say that. It, in fact, they have to stop trials from that. It, it, it doesn't work. Because it's designed as an antiviral. It can only work, to work in the viral stage. There's nothing, absolutely nothing about it. In Merck's own land, nobody will tell you differently. I'm not, what I'm telling you is not in dispute. There's nothing about it, just like remdesivir, that's an anti-inflammatory. Right? So if someone's on a ventilator with the oxygen out of control and be because of the pulmonary inflammation, there's nothing about it that could work against it. More than passing gas, jumping up and down 10 times, or, or drinking orange juice. I mean, it, it, it's literally nothing. So he just, like, makes it up. What do you mean? I mean, if anything, you should say compassion, whatever, you should use it early. But it's just bizarre. It's bizarre. But let me just put a finer point on, on this. This is from Reuters today. I'm surprised it got out there. Because Merck is pretty good controlling the narrative. Two Indian drug makers seek to end trials of Merck antiviral drug for moderate COVID-19. Okay, so we know it doesn't work for severe. What about moderate? Okay, what about moderate? Two of the drug, drug makers have requested permission to end their late-stage trials on Merck, um, Merck's experimental uh, drug, monopirvenir, um, in moderate COVID-19 patients. By the way, 
ear, IR, anything that ends in IR is an antiviral. So remdesivir. Someone just told me that today. I didn't know that. The two Indian drug makers, uh, Orbindo Pharma and MSN Laboratories, plan to continue late-stage trials of the drug for those with mild COVID, um, but not for moderate COVID. So notice how the shoes are starting to drop. Okay? The shoes are starting to drop. The committee disclosed throwing into question the efficacy of the experimental drug and improving outcomes of patients with moderate cases of COVID-19. Okay? Separately, a senior source at India's drug regulator, India's drug regulator, people have told me, I actually spoke with Robert Malone yesterday. He was looking, because he's actually involved in um, drug development in India for just not related to COVID. And he told me that, man, you look at the, the, um, the safety standards they have, it's much better than the FDA. They found no significant efficacy against moderate COVID-19. Shares in Merck soared last week after it had, and, it, and partner Ridgeback Bio uh, Therapeutics said in an interim analysis of a late-stage clinical trial on Malpervirna showed that medicine nearly half the risk of hospitalization with mild or moderate. They said mild or moderate. Um, India is, is, is already disputing their claim on the moderate side. So the wheels are already falling off of that. Merck has entered into voluntary licensing agreement with at least eight Indian drug makers, so it's like a partnership. Two of them have pulled out. Um, moderate patients include those with fever, coughing, breathing difficulties, and oxygen deficiency. And again, it makes a lot of sense because even if it's not yet the full-blown out-of-control cytokine storm, um, that, that's, that's inflammatory. I mean, it's just not going to work. That, that's obvious. It should be obvious to anyone. Very interesting. Very interesting. Who are we to believe? The partner that needs to, you know, make money off of it and and work with Merck, but it's got to work for them, or Merck itself, their press release. Something, I told you this last Friday. It was last Friday when it came out. Something reeked what was going on. I, it didn't make sense to me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like the nerd among conservative media that gets into the nitty-gritty, gets into the studies, gets into the science. Um, you know, they're busy into, like, the the, the cool, sexy, you know, uh, soap opera stuff going on in D.C. all the time. And suddenly, within 30 minutes of Merck's press release, I mean, even my own colleagues, all of them, they're like, oh, my God, we fell. How did we not do this before? This is, We solved it. Moldprevernier. Haven't you ever heard of it? This is great. And I was like, this is like a psyop. It doesn't make any sense. Again, just from someone who has been in, in political policy and messaging for so long, I've never seen something that obscure that was so... Man, did Merck have a, have a hold on them. And then you have Marty Macri out like saying, man, we got to get this out. Um, it's just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. But that's the deal. Merck has already shown to us that this whole thing is nonsense. So already one of their claims is completely called into question. This is big news. This is very big news. And again, there's a lot of safety concerns. Okay? 
There's a lot of safety concerns. So we already did this with remdesivir. Are we not going to look at this? Because, again, I, for, I am here to be the advocate for we the people, where no one has a voice. And I have no dog in that fight. No one is paying me for ivermectin. I wish they were. It would be nice to make some money. I mean, I don't, I don't have any connections to anyone who stands to make any money. I want to save as many lives as possible. And I've said from day one, if Big Pharma comes out with something that actually works, okay, even if it's a fortune, like we're bankrupt anyway, I just want to end this. I'm all for ending this anyway at this point. Hence, I have no problem promoting the monoclonal antibodies. But again, just know that if you already have pulmonary stuff, it's not going to work. You need the, um, you know, the steroids and the the budesonide and obviously ivermectin and some other stuff. But why is nobody, nobody, even on the right, is asking before we do the next Pfizer shot, aka the Merck therapeutic? I mean, I'm not going to say they're necessarily they're going to make it mandatory, but that is going to be the standard of care. Could we have at least one independent study? One independent study. Nothing on ivermectin is ever enough for them. Nothing. Okay? The mode of action is similar to the mechanism of the failed remdesivir. It's called lethal mutagenesis. Meaning it adds mutations to the viral replication. It, it screws up the viral replication with, with mutations. So we already know, well, that's, that's a problem. Things that have mutagenic uh, properties could cause DNA damage during DNA replication. Hence the potential increase for cancer or birth defects. Folks, did you ever... Just think for a minute, why did they make it was the weirdest thing. This is a direct quote in Merck's trial from their press release that the participants had to abstain from heterosexual intercourse. Do you know why? You could have homosexual intercourse, right? But the reason is because um, you know, if it's gonna get into the other guy's body, if you're worried about it, well, I mean, I, I hate to get gross here, but you know, it could happen either way. But no, it's about reproduction. This is a known problem, and that's really why we don't have too many good antivirals out. Because those that work to screw up the, the, the RNA and the DNA of viruses, they screw up other things as well. The original developers, Pharma Asset, this thing has been developed for a long time. They stopped the development like 20 years ago. It's been around for a long time. The EIDD precursor to this. The former head of BARDA. It is, what is it? The U.S. Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. Rick Bright. He denied funding to the trial back in April. And he was fired. April 2020. And everyone was like, yeah, he was screwing around with the Trump administration. But I don't know. I mean, frankly, the Trump administration didn't handle COVID properly. 
And they got bought into this stuff. They got bought into Big Pharma. Heck, it wasn't Biden who developed this. Phony conservatives have been spending a year saying Trump needs the credit. <laughs> really? He needs the credit? Okay. You can have the credit. So Rick Bright, I mean, he's kind of a shady guy who's been involved with Big Pharma, the revolving door of government. But, you know, once in a while they're writing something. And he warned about this. He warned there, there are major safety issues. Um, it's, it's a big problem. It, I'm just saying it's mentally ill to think that remdesivir, that we're not going to have the same problem we had with remdesivir. And, and, and again, what's funny is, like, people forget Merck itself has been sued by thousands of people for all sorts of issues. There's a lot of problems with this. There's a lot of problems. Let, let me make it very clear. Philosophically, I don't like, and I've said it for many years, I, was, I, I don't like a lot of regulations. I don't like holding up cures, holding up potential cures. But that is only if you truly have a free market. So in other words, you're free to produce crap, and I'm free to produce good things, and, and feedback from people really is very good. The, the market does self-police good. But what if you do have a regulatory scheme and you're regulated like heck? But the regulators are the few monopolistic researchers. So you have a synergistic relationship between NIH, CDC, FDA, and Merck, Pfizer, and whatever else is out there. So if you're another company and you really do have a good product or you're entrepreneuring, and, and again, I'm not saying this is proven yet, but there's great literature behind ivermectin and cancer. And let's say someone wants to run with it, they'll be, they'll be raked over the coals by Big Pharma. So, like, I don't have a problem with a right to try and looser regulations, but the problem is, A, the, the, the shots, they're mandating it, and even if they don't mandate it, they box out other solutions and they don't give informed consent. And they control the media, they control big tech, they control everything. So the problem is the information won't get out. Look how long it's, it's taken to even get out a modicum of information on remdesivir. So increasingly there are people refusing it in the hospitals, they're onto it, but a lot of people still aren't. So there's a lot of problems here with this drug. But again... You have conservatives and you have this Marty Macri guy out there pimping it every second. There's some, there's some mechanism there. I'm not saying all these guys are, are paid operatives. A lot of them are Teletubbies, just a bunch of sh just fools. But there are those who clearly are that are getting to them and manipulating them. It doesn't make any sense. There's like no circumspection. Again, I'm talking about conservative media right now. The same ones that jumped onto the shots without any, any suspicion. They're jumping onto this. And I'm very concerned about it. I'm very concerned that this is going to be the next phase. Someone gets COVID. And, th and this, for the first time, will have PCPs. They'll actually prescribe. And they'll prescribe this.
And I'm concerned either it won't work or if it does work to some degree, it's going to cause major, major problems. And we have other things that work at least as well, and they don't cause those problems. Again, this is in plain sight and nothing changes because the guardrails of safety and, and liberty are off. It doesn't matter. They don't even have to hide it. Typically, what happened with drug development is if you had a problem like a rumor of one person having, having myocarditis, they would run out to get ahead of it in the media war. They don't even bother. They don't even bother. It does, they don't need to. Half the European countries are like, yeah, you know, we're suspending Moderna for people under 30. They, they don't even care, Moderna, in, in America. They have the FDA wrapped around their the media, everything. Again, it's out in the open. The Humetrics um, surveillance for Medicare under DOD, 5.6 million sample of patients. As of August, 60% of hospitalized people with COVID were vaxxed. 71% of the cases were fully vaxxed. And again, that was two months ago. And it doesn't matter. They'll literally look you in the eye. You're spreading it. You don't have the vax. What? Huh? What? Nothing matters anymore. And the Republicans are part of it. They're not going to save us. I want to read to you AAPS online, terrific organization. This guy, Richard Merling, MD. Um, he, uh, he practiced internal medicine for many years. And he began a nephrology fellowship at New York Hospital in Queens. So he studies the kidneys, obviously. I want to read to you this whole beautiful piece. Why are the vast majority of practicing physicians doing absolutely nothing to help patients with early COVID? Here's an excerpt from a recent conversation with a junior colleague on early outpatient treatment of COVID with ivermectin. So he says, junior colleague, that's what he calls him. Countries like mine depend heavily on guidelines from the WHO, and right now there's nothing that supports the use of those drugs. So I responded, that's the problem. The guidelines are consistently wrong. Did you know that the WHO receives more than 50% of its funding from industry? They are corrupt, as are CDC and FDA. That's what this guy said to his colleague. And by the way, just so you know, on the other hand, the same WHO recommends against, meaning there's no recommendation against ivermectin. It's just not approved. There's a recommendation against the use of remdesivir. And the same guy would have no problem um, using it. So the guy's like, so you're saying these agencies that are promoting best practice guidelines, medicine are all corrupt? So then whom do I trust? We might as well just do what we want when treating patients. So he answered, no, we use science, logic, deductive reasoning, judgment, clinical experience. Most doctors have become so dependent on guidelines that they have lost the ability to problem solve, to think critically, and to practice real clinical medicine. Medicine has gone off the rails and patients are suffering the consequences. When the first wave of what was then known as the Wuhan virus hit March 2020, medical attention was almost completely focused on management of the acute ill patient. 
handful of intrepid doctors, including Zev Zelenko, upstate New York, Didier Raoult in Marseille, France, addressed early outpatient treatment using repurposed existing drugs like hydroxychloroquine. These physicians achieved remarkable clinical results, but instead of being embraced and emulated, they were censored and harassed. It should now be obvious to even the most naive pharma and other stakeholders had to suppress successful cheap remedies to pave the way for the rollout of the vaccines. How was this accomplishment accomplished by using the tyranny of evidence-based medicine? Oh, these treatments are not evidence-based, they screamed. Where are the randomized controlled trials they demanded? Well, kind of hard to have RCT data on a brand new disease, but so what? The authorities had spoken. In their excellent book, Tarnish Gold, The Sickness of Evidence-Based Medicine, Steve Hickey and Hillary Roberts write, definitely recommend the book. I'm going to get it myself. EBM encourages totalitarian medicine. It is displacing the doctor-patient unit as the ultimate decision-making authority. Peer review is used as censorship. EBM is a self-referential closed system where critical appraisal means checking whether a study conforms to its rules. So-called evidence-based medicine wrongly claims that authority of medical and scientific gold standards EBM repackages and uses concepts from legal proof in an attempt to impose a medical dictatorship. The EBM is a movement that began in the early 1990s. And again, it was pushed by big insurance, big pharma, the cartel. It, it, it grew, um, and this is me talking, not him. It grew concurrently with the growth of the cartel, the decline of independent practices, corporate medicine, and they're all bought out now. And, um, and that's where we are. That's where we are. The reason why I'm harping on this issue so much, it's not just about early treatment. It's not just about COVID. It's everything. The most important liberty is the right to life. It's the right to life. And what if you have a medical tyranny? Eisenhower warned about this. Benjamin Rush evidently warned about this in the 1790s. What if you have a medical tyranny that they are the gatekeepers of what you can and cannot use for, for treatment of, of, of all sorts of ailments? We're screwed. These are the death panels. Again, I told you about that heart-rending story, how we, how we have a drug that should be a penny, a, a pill, and it should be so plentiful, yet it's made so scarce by all the manipulation now that this guy died because he only had enough to give to his daughter and he gave it to his daughter. And other people can't get a hold of it. This is truly disgusting. This is truly, truly disgusting. And it's something that has to be dealt with. And again, this gets back to our Liberty Strike Force teams. The one beautiful thing is that most of this, believe it or not, is actually at a state level. The, the medical boards, the pharmacy boards, okay? That's all state. All these doctors. There's one doctor I was trying to get on, Robert Jackson from Andrews, uh, Spartanburg, Spartanburg, South Carolina. That's uh, like, you know, the bastion of conservatism. He's, he's under investigation for prescribing too much ivermectin. You know, how does that happen in a state like South Carolina? Again, it's not federal. Now, what you have at federal is you have Medicare and Medicaid. 
you have the insurance cartel, but at least as it relates to the practice of medicine and the the because the, the real immediate threat is the threat of licensure. That 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 could be taken care of by the governors and, and state legislatures immediately. In other words, the ability to start an alternative to the cartel on healthcare could be done at a state level. You are going to have complications with the coverage to, to an extent, but there are innovative ways of getting around that. And again, I mean, this is one of my projects in the future. Healthcare freedom is everything. If you don't have healthcare freedom, you don't have freedom. You don't have freedom. And especially, increasingly, there are a lot of ailments that makes you wonder, is it the processed food? Is it whatever? There's all different theories. I'm not going to wade into that now. But there are a lot of ailments. And you do need treatment, but you need the right treatment. No one knows where to turn. I don't know where to turn. Look, I'll confide in you folks. Yesterday, our 18-month-old got a checkup. And we are already late on the shots, and we're trying to delay them, spread them out. And again, like everyone else, I I got them all without question. I never had an issue. The COVID stuff I know is a problem. But then I'm like, well, how far back does this rot go? And I know things like rotavirus are BS because it's not even needed, even if there's no problem with the shot. It's a stomach ache. Rotavirus. Hepatitis B, we used to only get when you go to a third world country. But then they made it standard because why not? You broke everyone into it. Obviously, the you know Gardasil and things like that, I'll know never to get. But it's like they were very clear at the practice. We left our first one pediatrician because she was an animal. But this this one, I mean, they're really no better. They're all the same. And, and where I live in Maryland, I don't even I don't know I, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. They don't care about the kid. The entire, you know, the first three years of development, and there's probably so much to say about development. You know, we're having problems. For She's 18 months old. She's still getting up at night, demanding to be nursed. Very, very rough go with her. She's an angel during the day. And, like, you know, you want to talk about that, and, and some of the doctors I've been... You know, some of our COVID Patriot doctors, they have a lot to say about metabolic health and different things, and it ties into behavioral health and everything. And interesting ideas, checking into it. All they care about are shots. And I I try, like, you know, came up suddenly, I didn't even know she was getting it. Like, and my wife's like, there's nothing I can do. They basically made it clear you got to get all of them right now, or you got to find another practice. There's no, like, hey, let's talk it out, let's work through it, let's explain. The mechanisms of action, here's why I think it's important. Shut up. That's what you have now. I'm in the same boat as everyone else. I don't know what to do. I don't have a Patriot doctor in Maryland yet. I haven't found one. You know, I'd be willing to drive two hours every time we need to go, but, you know, I can't even find within two hours. This is a very big problem. It's a very big project of mine, and it's going to be one of our things with our teams. Look, I went long um, on this, and as, as always, I 
you know, I, I mean to get to more things and just ran out of time. But we have a lot of other big news. One other thing I just want to share with you. Nikki Haley, Rick Scott, and Marco Rubio create an advisory group pushing for the GOP to have diversity in their candidates. So we have South Carolina and Florida Republicans now pushing diversity. And you know what that means. That means that if you have a candidate in a primary that is not white, I guess that's what it means, they will push that guy at all cost, regardless of whether he is a conservative and you have a better conservative candidate that doesn't fit their skin color criteria. Every issue that we're confronted with, the racism, the disparate impact, right, the critical race, the affirmative action, everything, it's not just that they're not opposing it, they, they fake fight it, and then they, they grease the skids. All of them, they're all screwed up. The problem with the Republican Party is the Republican Party. And absent another vehicle, the only thing you can do is get people that only use it for ballot access, but they're committed to our principles, and they're committed in the long run to breaking off of it. And we just don't have enough. But again, we're going to have a challenge. Within a few months, it's going to be all about the midterms, and not even they're not going to focus on the state. They'll focus on Congress, which is meaningless. Literally meaningless. And and then, you know, starting sometime next year, Trump will probably announce he's running. And, and then it won't matter. It won't matter. They could announce they're kicking in the door and strapping everyone down their house and jabbing them with a needle. But it won't matter because Trump's running for president in 2024. And this will be 2022. Nothing matters. It is a grifting fake movement. So we're trying to start it. We have over 2,000 people signed up, enough to create very viable teams in every state. I need more viable people willing to serve as coordinators and team leaders. Um, we're looking at Arkansas. We're looking at Idaho. But let me know which state you're in. Conaction.network. Sign up. And we'll try to get it going. Um I do just want to end with this point. Part of why I'm three, four months behind is because this whole Pfizer variant broke out. So I had to spend a lot of my time just doing research, just getting information out on what is going on and the treatments just to save lives. And I think, you know, it has helped a lot of people in this audience. Again, I know I get some disgruntled emails from now. I'm sorry I don't have a doctor at everyone's beckoning in a minute that could prescribe. I mean, I try as many people that personally email to try to help them out, but you you have to understand, it just underscores the problem that we have that there's a hundred doctors treating the entire nation. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. Um, So again, if you haven't gotten it, one thing I do suggest um, as a fallback plan, but but, um, you know, make your own judgment. If you go to India Mart or Google India Ivermectin. There's a couple of websites. India Ivermectin has been proven. I got a hold of some myself. It is okay. And in fact, they actually have 6 and 12 milligram tablets rather than the three here because the FDA doesn't allow them to make more. So it's more user-friendly. But I don't know. It could take three, four weeks to get it. So it's interesting. So on the one hand, you don't even need a prescription. So you bypass the, the doctor problem 
it, it's kind of weird. For some reason, they haven't yet clamped down on that. It is, I mean, it's totally legal. They do, you know, you could get it in until Customs starts going after it. But, you know, it is good. It is good ivermectin. It is, um, I, I want to say maybe for 212 or 6 milligram tablets, maybe you can get it for like 130 at some of these sites, give or take. $130, it's, which is not bad considering the, um, the, the dosage. What the price we're seeing for three milligram tabs, unfortunately now in America, it just, it takes a long time. So you might want to have that as your backup. Um, but you know, you should try to get a, get a hold of it beforehand as, as much as you can, um, go down the list of, um, at early uh, the last page has a list. I, I I don't know. I'm trying to find out which ones are the least backlog. Who takes who? T- you know, again, I can't take ownership of this. I I don't. I, all I could do is try to give the information. I I can't treat fifty thousand people at once. It just it's not going to happen. Uh, we're we're trying to every day. I'm looking for better advice, and and the more you guys give me positive feedback, like this worked out, or you know they seem to be backlogged. So then you know I'll push people to other places as much as I can. But I just want to say this is a long way of saying why I've been behind those of you who signed up at Con Action. You're like, hey, I've never been contacted by a team leader yet. Yeah, I mean, I I I had to put on hold the activism because I had to save lives. You know. We lost one of our team leaders, died at 30 years old of COVID when nobody at 30 was dying of it until then because he got hosed by this viral load. And I did the best thing I can do, which is rather than denying the problem to immediately warn people. Oh, Daniel, then everyone needs the shot. Well, no, because then it wore off and we're having the same problem vaccinated, unvaccinated. The ratio of people I'm dealing with are the same. Some got the shot, some didn't. Doesn't matter. Everyone needs treatment at this point. There is no safety net. We have to grab the bull by the horns. Take it back. County by county, state by state. We only need a few. Let me just exaggerate. If Florida really lived up to its reputation, I think we would have no problem moving there. But is it that much better? They have the same pharmacy problem. They have the same prescribing problem. Can't find a normal doctor. A number of the urban areas are getting away with the mask mandates. You know, Montana is the only state that categorically banned um, vaccine mandates. If you are from Montana, let me know if it's holding up. Or are they just defying it? Who knows? So again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out agenda items as the weeks go on. I'm going to try as much as I could, can to hit here and there a state that is in session for redistricting special session. But my goal is at a minimum to be prepared in at least 10, 15 states with these teams when they meet in January to really, really raise hell and, and what I could do is I know a couple of Patriot legislators in most states. Have them introduce the bills and light a fire under and take names, embarrass. That's all we can do. 
the rest is, is is totally in God's hands, and I think we all believe that. We just have to try, and that's all I can do. I, I, I really can look my kids in the eye and say, I used my platform and my time to do everything I could. Throughout my career, at any given time, I tried the best I can do. I recruited more primary challengers than anyone around. I tried. I tried that. I tried everything. You know, I never had help. So, you know, I, I, I literally have not earned a penny more in almost a decade or anyone who's been doing what I do and is this prolific and well-known and putting out good content, their income, let's just say, has multiplied over a decade. You know, I'm stagnant, but I'm getting better with the information I put out, and, and that's, that's what I pride myself on. I'm not here to earn money. Just enough to support my family and done. I'm going to fight for you every day, but I need you to help me sign up to be a team leader. You can email me, dharwitz at blazemedia.com, especially if you're in a red state. Um, if you could be a team leader, some some case we already have one, but we need, if you know what I mean, you can't have one guy contact 70 people, let's have a meeting. You need about five people to first have a meeting, game that meeting out, game the strategy, game the organizational structure out, then you call for the meeting, have a nice get-together. You know, you could have a lot of people, some half in person, especially if it's a big state, half on Zoom or Skype and whatever, and could really do a lot. You could really do a lot. Start with the vaccine mandates in your state as the number one issue and go down from there. I There's no way as one person I can do this completely. Um, we are going to have a better website up, obviously, than, than the one we have now. But just trust me, it's not like sometimes I start ideas and I, ju- I just don't have the bandwidth to, to take it past the goal line. That's where I need your help. So I hope I gave you a little bit of a sense of what you can do. And again, sharing this show. If each one of you would share it with all of your... Forget about trying to convert people that are on the other side. If everyone who claims to be the way we are would just actually know this information and act accordingly at least in places like Spartanburg, South Carolina, we would be in a different position. We don't need to win back 100% of the country. We don't need to win back 50% of the country. I'll take 5 10% and then work from there. I'll take one place where I can go and live with a degree of freedom that we had in February 2020. Okay, I'm not asking for 1950. I'm not asking for 1790. You tell me where that exists, and I'll move there, because that doesn't really exist yet. There are places that have potential. I know a lot of you write me from northern Idaho, which is why I'm very interested in making Idaho one of our primary states. we got to get people like Janice McGeehan in as governor first, and I think there's a lot of good things we can do. But at least I'm thinking about it. I'm trying. I, I-, I want you to write in to other talk hosts talk show right into them say what are you doing what are you doing what is your game plan oh republicans need to win back congress nobody could be that dumb to still think that that helps i've gone through 10 cycles of that in my career and it gets worse and worse every time they win it back that's what we call controlled opposition 
But anyway, ponder these thoughts over the weekend. Enjoy your family time. Same time, same place. We'll be back Monday. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.